Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Deep Dive Books podcast. In this episode, we will be doing a deep dive into Albert Camus' essay, The Myth of Sisyphus. Albert Camus was a French philosopher known for his existentialist philosophical style. Just a slight warning, if discussions of suicide make you uncomfortable, then please feel free to join us on any of our other episodes. To the essay, The Myth of Sisyphus. To Camus, there is one ultimate question that needs to be answered by every individual. All other questions, in the face of this one question, are secondary. This is the question of suicide. It is a question that has the greatest bearing on our personal lives. All other concerns with the nature of reality, the hidden processes of the mind, the inscrutable will of the absolute are secondary. The decision to accept or reject life is an urgent question, a question that has to Camus no equivalent. Camus believed that suicide was primarily understood as a social phenomenon. We try to understand the cultural and economic drivers or forces behind an individual act of suicide. There is obviously structural value in this, but Camus thought that such a perspective was problematic because it did not pay enough attention to how individual thought influences self-annihilation. Like a great work of art, the act, i.e. suicide, is prepared in the stillness of the heart. The idea of it is planted in the human heart. The idea then germinates and in some cases potentially blooms into the dark flower of suicide. It is this heart, according to Camus, that we need to understand. We need to adopt a perspective that doesn't only see an individual as a social actor, but as something so much more. According to Camus, we need to comprehend how the concept of suicide first enters a person's mind. Camus states that living naturally can sometimes be difficult. Living naturally is the collection of behaviors that arise out of our participation in common social gains. Sometimes there is a certain exhaustion that comes with playing these games. We can start to notice, Camus states, that living becomes a bit of a routine as regularized as cleaning one's teeth or filling up one's car with gas. According to Camus, suicide is the realization by a person that such a habit, i.e. the habit to live, has lost its inner meaning and is no longer strengthened by any kind of purposeful suffering. How can the suffering be purposeful when there is no meaning to neutrify it? 
we must believe that our suffering towards something or for the sake of something is significant. Take away the significance and all you have is a sort of empty suffering, nourished by a blinding and raging pain. It is a release from this for Camus that drives an individual to renounce the insane character of such an existence. Camus states that we must also have enough reasons for choosing to live. Even bad reasons can get us through excruciating suffering. That being said, good reasons sometimes cannot ensure us against a collapse of meaning. Nonetheless, we must have reasons. When we lose our reasons to remain in the world, we start to live in a state of exile. The world and its inhabitants slowly become unrecognizable. Images and sounds that were so familiar to us now become entirely foreign to us. Nothing around us corresponds to the memory of a lost home or the hope of a promised land. There is nothing that holds the past, present and future together. Whatever mythologies or moral ambitions that were used to bind them together have all dissolved. When there is no longer any inner significance that ties a man to his existence or to his setting, he experiences what Camus calls absurdity. Such a person no longer recognizes the life or the setting in which he formerly found so much purpose. Is suicide a way to deal with the absurd? Is it the answer to a universe that no longer offers us anything meaningful? These are some of the questions that Camus seeks to address in this essay. There are some people who can seem to live with a sense of meaninglessness. There are examples of people like Schopenhauer, the German high priest of philosophical pessimism, who could talk of the utter meaninglessness of life and remain haughty and high-spirited enough. Do we deduce from this that there is no relationship between the opinion one has of life and the act one takes to leave it? Camus states we shouldn't push these examples too far. Even though we may have many thought-provoking notions about how pointless our lives are, our bodies move more quickly than our minds. In other words, because we are all too accustomed to surviving on a biological level, it is difficult to get our bodies to submit to the destructive commands of our minds. People also find the will to live, according to Camus, because they invest themselves in some great idea that they believe transcends even life itself. Even a passionate philosophical negation of the meaningfulness of life creates some sort of will to live. No matter how nihilistic, these sorts of ideas give one some sort of hope, hope to be able to live some other sort of life and hope that some marquee idea will refine life, give it some sort of meaning. 
Camus calls this process eluding. It is a sort of evasion, an evasion from truly trying to understand the nature of the absurd, filling the emptiness with any made-up idea or meaning in Camus' view is an act of eluding. We avoid or flee the absurd rather than accept and embrace it. If someone avoids the absurd, they will never have to face it. For Camus, illusion is the most typical type of delusion. What do we need to understand the absurd? Camus states that we must resolve questions of death and suicide and meaninglessness through our own personal experiences and insights. We must arrive at some sort of answer through what he terms absurd reasoning. Absurd reasoning is one which tries to establish personal logic to the personal point of death. How does death matter? What bearing does death or suicide have on our personal sense of self? These are the questions born of absurd reasoning. We must remember that the absurd to Camus is a state where we experience a shattering disconnect between our inner lives and the structure of meaning that previously held it together. An absurd reasoning simply tries to examine these questions at a personal level without getting trapped in elaborate philosophical or metaphysical, i.e. religious, systems. Getting trapped in such a system ensures that we will never get to the bottom of our personal realizations around death and suicide. An absurd reasoning resists turning other people around us or ourselves into objects of analysis. To do so would impede us from arriving at authentic and personal truths around the questions of death and suicide. Camus uses the imagery of a waterless desert to describe an inner emptiness of self that is bereft of whatever structure of meaning held us together. In such a desert, whatever system of meaning we had is now no longer available to us. Like the desert, there is simply no source of external replenishment available. Whatever replenishment we are looking for can only be created internally and independently. Where does a sense of the absurd come from? When does it arise in us? For Camus, the absurd can have truly ridiculous beginnings watching a restaurant door evolve, smoking a cigarette. These are some of the moments in which the stage set collapses around the actor and the structures of action, meaning and context start to loosen. It is here that we undergo a change in perspective. It is here that our perspectives around the everyday routine of our lives is transformed. We wake up, we get into the car, we go to work. We see many of the same faces saying the same things. We see that our life has settled into a mechanical rhythm. Out of this observance emerges from within a quiet, an almost inaudible 
question. The question is, why? Something from within our consciousness is stirred. It has many expressions, hysteria, resistance, distraction. But for Camus, the inevitability of the question cannot be avoided for long. It will always find a way back to us through our diversions. When we are young states, Camus, time carries us. We constantly live in the future. We wait for some achievement, some radical change of circumstance, some goal or person to transform and redeem our lives. There comes a point, though, where we start seeing time differently. We understand that we have been riding it all this time without truly being aware of where it, time, is leading us. We long to reach somewhere, anywhere that would remove us from the present, a place where our dreams, hopes, and aspirations would be realized in the great hope of tomorrow. Camus states, if we are honest though, we realize that put enough tomorrows together and our annihilation is certain. There will be a tomorrow somewhere in the future where we will meet our demise and with it goes all of our hopes. What we desperately pine for tomorrow is the agent and certainty of our annihilation. It is at this point that, again, a sense of the absurd starts to grow within us. If we contemplate the question of death, it is likely that we will also contemplate the question of suicide. Again, when the absurd begins to germinate within us, we notice that the world and nature itself becomes unrecognizable. Whatever sense of self we think or thought we possessed is negated at the utter incomprehensibility of everything around us. The world, like an old lover, becomes unrecognizable. In the world, and in the eyes of an old lover, we see an absolute strangeness. It is hard to imagine that they once meant everything to us. People around us become like characters in a play. Their gestures, their voices all start to seem mechanical. They start to look odd and silly. Everyone starts to look a little too well rehearsed. We start to notice that there is a certain madness and strangeness that everyone in the business of living exhibits. Beneath the carefully curated personalities of people around us, we see a deep inhumanity. Camus does not mean that underneath these personalities lies some destructive capacity for violence. Sure, that may exist, but that is not what Camus means by inhumanity. What he means is that we begin to notice that there is nothing in people that suggests that they have been able to escape the mechanical sequences of life. They are all strangers to and alienated from whatever deeper essence we expect or expected life to be founded on. We must not labor under any illusions though, says Camus. It is not just people who are strangers. It is us too. 
we too are alienated from such an essence, whatever such an essence is. What helps give the world around us and ourselves some semblance of unity? In other words, how do we recognize ourselves and how do we seek to recognize the world? We usually try to do this, states Camus, by figuring out what is true from what is untrue. We look for absolute truths and we seek to identify everything that lies outside of those absolute truths. Unfortunately, Camus says that this gives rise to a host of stunning paradoxes. We insist on clarity and familiarity. We wish to use reason, human reason, or the intellect or the, the products of reason as a sort of stamp, a seal that we can use to emboss over the world and ourselves, to render both the world and ourselves a little more comprehensible and cogent. The world only becomes recognizable if we reduce it to our terms of thought. We want to create some absolute unification between us and everything around us. We hope and we pray that the universe loves and suffers as we do. Camus states that this is ridiculous because it is our being able to think in this way that indicates that we are not at all extensions of any sort of cosmic unity. This changes when we are touched by the absurd though. We begin to recognize that knowledge can only take us so far. It will never be able to give us the sort of support that we are looking for in re-recognizing ourselves after we have become unrecognizable to ourselves. The self is elusive, too elusive for any system of knowledge to build absolute consistency around. All the knowledge in the world would not be able to assure us that we belong to ourselves or that nature belonged to us. Science can teach us about phenomena and the laws of nature, but it can teach us nothing in how to personally build a sense of meaning for ourselves. When the absurdity of things begins to take in us, states Camus, we start to see the futility of our thoughts and the weakness of our will. Every thought we have is negated and contradicted as soon as it is generated. And every time we try to do something, we find that our personal will has become too diminished, too stunted. Our predicament is a desperate one to Camus. We long for clarity. We are desperate from so for some sort of an answer, an answer that is cosmic in its magnitude and scale. Unfortunately, the universe is silent it is deaf to our prayers, it is aloof to our plans, and it will never be able to provide us with the sense of meaning that we are so anxiously seeking. When we start to accept the absurd, when we don't deny it, but we embrace it, we give up on cosmic revelations. We begin to look inward and observe the person that has taken so much of our time in building. This person, this sense of self is barely identifiable. 
it has become to us a fabrication of unintelligible images and sounds. The self speaks and gestures to us, but we cannot understand what it is saying. This is the absurd state of things. We now begin to live with a horrifying realization that whatever we are now and whatever we were before have become strangers to each other. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will continue to explore this essay in our subsequent episodes. Cheers from all of us at the Deep Dive Podcast.